0: Welcome to Question Your Garden, an introspective podcast intended for self-exploration and personal development. I'm your host, Alicia, and I'm the crazy human who thought chatting about my own mental health journey might be helpful for you. I do hope you'll stick around. Now, it needs to be said, this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment or diagnoses. You should always consult with your doctor or therapist before making any changes to your treatment. Remember, I'm just a person on the internet talking about my own personal experiences and am in no way qualified to make life-changing decisions for you. My grandmother was a spiteful, brash woman, and in being so... She makes a great character to sort of set the stage for this next episode. We didn't have visitors to our house a lot, especially by the time I was nearing my teens. My grandmother had visited once for dinner early on in 95 or 96, I think, around the time when things started getting bad in the house. We were having steak and rice, or something of the sort. Definitely rice, though. Anyhow, As she sat down in the living room with her plate, because there was no eating at a dinner table that existed just to hold stuff, she sarcastically joked to my mom, You sure these aren't maggots? I don't remember if my mom mentioned it to me later in some conversation, or if it was in one of the letters she'd written to a family member that I'd come across and read, but that simple question hurt her a lot. I was none the wiser to it at the time, but there was truth in the joke my grandmother made. The house wasn't always a shithole from the start. When my mom and the step-bastard moved in together, the house was fairly kept up. We certainly didn't have a bug problem either. By the time we moved out of that duplex and into a house, things started falling to the wayside. Clothes would pile up on the couch, clean or dirty, it didn't matter. The dining room table collected clutter. Dirty dishes would linger, but they would at least get done with some regularity. Stuff was starting to pile up around the couches and chairs and any tables in between, but it was still okay for the most part. The bugs were moving in too, but they put bait out for them, or tried, at least a little. The garage, though. The garage was a disaster. I'm pretty sure they left it that way, too, after they got evicted. My mom lost her job near the end of 1994. They'd racked up some credit card debt, and eventually the financial strain forced us to move. We moved into a smaller house two days before Christmas that year. I was happy about it because it meant a new chance for me, since I could start over with new friends and try to be a different person. I think the stress from the job loss and the amount of stuff they chose to keep exacerbated the problem for them, though. Stuff started collecting. Piles of papers from the mail and magazines and catalogs lingered on the coffee table and around on the floor. The couch held more papers and blankets and whatever else might be in the way. We never used the front door because we couldn't really get to it. The carport became a catch-all for things that didn't belong in the house. Trash that should have been hauled off, stuff like that. The dining room table became a larger collection plate of old boxes and bags, papers, and other junk that had no home. We had cats, too, even though we weren't supposed to. The litter box lived under that dining room table. It was rarely cleaned, so the cats would regularly drag whatever was laying on the floor into or beside the box, and they used that instead. The kitchen. Jesus fucking Christ, the kitchen. Dirty dishes got washed as needed. Well, except for the bowls and silverware, which I was responsible for doing on a weekly basis. That required moving shit out of the sink, so I would have a space to work in. I also had to go hunt down the bowls and silverware from the trash and clutter that littered the living room each week. And if I missed a single item, I would get grounded. No phone, no friends. The roaches regularly invaded the bread, which really sucks when you're a teen and you just want to make a damn sandwich and hide in your room for the rest of the night from your abuser. You couldn't leave a drink on the counter for more than about five seconds before the critters were coming in for a snack. The trash regularly overfilled and many times wouldn't get taken out until there were maggots crawling around on the floor, weaving their squirmy bodies through what they could of the flattened carpet fibers nearby. I hated those assignments in school where you were supposed to cook something for the class. I knew instinctively that it was a terrible idea to serve anything from my house. So I did the best I could to clean everything I needed before I needed it and if I had to set anything down. Everyone, I'm sorry. I'm so fucking sorry. The roaches got to a point that they were encroaching on sleeping areas, which led to me getting the tiniest roach in my ear once. I remember sleepily rolling over on my pillow and sliding my head to get to the other end when this fucking bug was introduced to my ear. I screamed. And I screamed more every single time it moved. I think it was early morning, so my parents were awake. It took a few minutes before I could even explain that there was a bug in my ear. They went and grabbed some of the peroxide to put in my ear, and holy fucking shit, you guys. Terror. Terror. I screamed in terror as I could feel the goddamn bug squirming around in there while the peroxide fizzed away. I think they poured a few more times to drown it, which... They judged the effectiveness by my reduction in shrieks. We went to the ER where they shone a little light down the canal and took their tiny little tweezers to pull the offending roach from my ear. And after all that, I was sternly told no more food or drink in my room. It was my fault, of course. Never mind the rest of the fucking house. Believe it or not, I actually had a few friends who understood the nightmare I was living and still wanted to hang out with me. It didn't happen often, but sometimes my friends wanted to get out of their own house and would come stay the night. We'd usually stay in my bedroom and do whatever nonsense chatting girls do at that age. After I moved out, things progressively got worse. The window AC unit that they had in the living room to supplement the indoor temps, was leaking in such a way that the wall below it was peeling and falling away, revealing mold and providing a sacred home for the families of roaches. Another time I stopped over after some holiday and stood in the doorway entry, not wanting to go in further, and the step-bastard pointed in the direction of the TV and remarked, Look at what I found on sale! I looked... And I looked, and I just wasn't getting what I was supposed to be looking at. He's all like, we upgraded the TV. That's when I focused on it. A flatter screen TV buried amongst an entertainment center full of knickknacks, misplaced clothes, and other miscellaneous junk. One of the back bedrooms was delegated as the library slash fabric room. After my grandmother passed away, I went over to collect the photo albums that were in that room in a closet. The closet was buried behind boxes and reams of fabric, so it required climbing, something the parentals weren't going to do. That room was nestled underneath an old tree whose branch finally grew onto the roof, causing damage. When I went into the room, black mold was growing all over that side of the room. My mom was in and out of the hospital with some regularity at that point, and she didn't know why or what was wrong with her. I'd be willing to bet that mold was a start. Was it depression? Was it sheer laziness? Was it some other form of mental illness? I don't think I'll ever really know. I remember offering to help my mom with the massive job of cleaning up and getting rid of things when it was put in front of them that the property owner was thinking about selling. She sounded defeated, declined, and remarked that it was just too overwhelming to think about, and that she'd let me know if she needed something. It never came up again. Growing up in that environment sucked. It was mortifying. It was a constant source of shame during my school years. That house should have been condemned, but no, there we were, living in it like it was something normal and acceptable. I wish I could say that growing up that way made me a neat freak, but it hasn't. While I don't have the same propensity to collect things or live in trash, I've been desensitized to things. I've learned how to overlook clutter until one day something annoys the shit out of me and then everything nearby is at risk of being thrown out i still remember the first time this happened after my husband and i were living together i was in the process of dragging a coffee table out to the road and he's like but that's a perfectly good table you could sell that and me in my state of i've had enough told him frankly i don't care i'm tired of looking at it and it's in the way and then I continue dragging it out to the street. Reclaiming lost space always feels good to me. The hoarding experience, I feel, makes it a little harder for me to address the shit growing in my garden. I've been conditioned to shit always being there and growing, and just living with the shit I don't like until one day I get to a point that I can't take it, and do some mass maintenance on the garden to minimize how much it looms over me. When I'm satiated with the tidy look, I go back to whatever it was I was doing, instead of looking at ways to minimize the overhaul that's sure to be needed in the future. Again. Man. What a way to look at it. It makes sense, too, when I think back to my episode on emotion stuffing and What it has meant for my friendships and relationships in the past. I can't deal with this right now, so let me put it to the side. Then later, Man, that pile of things I don't want to deal with is getting bigger, but I just can't deal with it right now either. And finally, Holy shit, what the fuck is all this shit doing here? Why didn't you just deal with it then? Now you don't want any of it anymore, so just throw it out. Throw it all out. And that last part, would be me abandoning my relationships, getting rid of the metaphorical stuff. Well then, that was eye-opening. So, there you have it, folks. Walking through the garden occasionally and having a good hard look at the things in it can give you some insight into what's broken or taking over. And yeah... There may be some hard work ahead, changing old habits. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Your support means a lot to me, even if it's just a simple share on social media, or to a friend or family member who you feel might enjoy the podcast, too. Also, I can't forget to give a shout-out to both Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and Scott Buckley at scottbuckley.com.au for the music transitions they provided for use in the show. If you want to shoot me an email, it's questionyourgarden at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the show notes for any links or additional information from the episode. Until next time, keep weeding!